The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Yeah, let's watch. Let's talk about Below Deck. But I can show guess. I've never watched. Well, I, you've Below got Deck. to watch it. I know. I've heard what? it. I've heard. But I've heard, heard. Captain Sandy is evil. People hate her. I, I love her. She's I love her. Boss. I think she's terrific. Welcome to a very special bonus edition of The Real Pod. Uh, my name is Janie. I'm joined by Alex Casey and also porn superstar. Not really. Porn superstar. <laughs> it makes it sound like you've got your own thing going on, which yeah. maybe one day. Who knows? But anyway, porn superstars. I think we've missed our window. <laughs> I honestly I reckon I'm so. coming into my window. Oh, nice. Congrats. <laughs> I feel like the window's slightly ajar and I'm just Push it open. <laughs> sash window then. A pull, a pull uh, yeah, sash, uh, immediately thought sash window. <laughs> uh, Chris Parker, Eli Matthewson, current stars and porn pioneers in a way uh, in terms of the information space here in Aotearoa of Porn Revolution, a series that's currently on the spin-off and is very good. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's an honour to be here. On the real pod. The um, realest pod. In town. It is. The real porn today, though. The real porn. Oh, is that going to be the title of the episode? Can, As I walked in be? the door, Jane called me Chris Pornker. And then I spent about four <laughs> minutes trying to think of a, a <laughs> Eli masturbates you, son. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, it sounds like you <laughs> masturbate your son. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, sorry no, 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 we clam up <laughs> on this podcast. I think we're a bit clammy. I think we're prudish in, in nature. But I will. I, I do want to thank you both because on the spinoff we've been doing Porn Week alongside the launch of the show and I've kind of been shadow puppeting the editing of it and it has made us all so much more open. The conversations we've been having in this office have been outrageous. Isn't it unbelievable when you just start discussing it, what then opens up? And this is the fascinating thing about the series. We talked to someone who was like, oh, sorry, I'm just holding a big glass bottle. That's what that noise was. <laughs> Are they doing this in a treasure chest or something? Okay. Um, and it's like, in terms of co- art forms that discuss gender and sexuality, there's no kind of art form that discusses it the most, like porn. Mm. And yeah. But we have erased that conversation but now, like, the fact that we're able to kind of bring it into the forefront, it's been really interesting what pops up. Mm. And that because porn is like a reflection of society, right? It's always reflecting what's going on in the world. Yes. Whether that's pirates. Marvel superheroes. You see a lot of, like, sort of climate crisis porn. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, there's porn for there. everything, right? There's porn for everything. So, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Exactly. 34. Yeah, there's probably people fucking and then throwing tomato soup on the Van Gogh I painting. I actually think Pornhub did that. They did, like, a environmentally aware porno shot on a beach where there was rubbish everywhere. And they're like, they're like, pay for this and we'll pick up this rubbish. <laughs> if these beaches were clean, this sex would be a lot hotter. <laughs> but it's not because you overconsume. Um, look, we're not going to give any warnings. We're obviously talking about porn. Deal with it. Um, I'm trying to. Uh, <laughs> as part of a tease so that you listen through the episode, Alex and I will be sharing our porn journeys with you guys. You can <gasps> therapise us a little wow. bit. Um, but we'll get some of the sort of the housework out of the way first, if you will. Yeah. Um, so first of all, if you want to join in this delightful conversation, please do so in our Discord or in our Facebook group, The Real Pod Corner. The links to those are both in the show notes. Uh, but tell us a little bit about how this series came to be. And how the hell you got it funded? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just have talked about porn for ages. And it's something that, like, 
Like one of the few arenas I think you can do is like stand like stand up comedians often talk about their porn habits and then and everyone laughs with familiarity and then you don't talk about it afterwards. <laughs> and then on our podcasts, which we literally just started doing because, you know, two gay men weren't allowed to be on TV at the same time. <laughs> so we started a podcast to talk about everything and also to catch up on our lives, because when we were teens we were not out to each other. Mm. We were kind of like friends in each other's circles a little bit. Mm. Two gay men not talking about it. <laughs> And we did it until our 20s and then kind of... Like, we could do this personally or we could make this into a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so then we deep dive. And then, you know, it's just... It's, it is fun to think about what similar websites you were on when you were 16 and not talking about it. And for, it's so interesting because I feel like in terms of navigating your sexuality, when you're you know figuring out who you are, like it's just like the conversation around that in the media often is like, and then it took a bit of time for me to figure out who I was. And when I finally came out, but what is erased from that is like the whole thing of being like the sexual desire of sexuality or like of wanting mm. to bone someone or finding someone hot. And a lot of that navigation comes through just spending a lot, a lot of time like alone on the family computer, <laughs> making sure that no one's walking in. Like, but that's where it's done. It's like, it's a mirror back to you because you ha- are having to search what you want to see. And as you're typing that, you're confirming to yourself, oh, okay, you're searching like, you know, straight guy accidentally has sex with another straight guy. Yeah. <laughs> and you begin to reconcile that for yourself and you start asking yourself questions. So this is definitely like, it's porn is like a real kind of, cornerstone thing for a lot of queer people in particular because mm-hmm. that's when you're having this journey of self-discovery, right? Well, because you're not talking about it with your mates about like, you know, because you're still trying to work it out for yourself or you haven't come out to them. So you're working it out alone. But it's not just like sitting on your beanbag looking at the ceiling thinking I might be gay. It's like actively hunting for any penis you can see because <laughs> you want to see it. I legitimately wonder if it's the same nowadays because it's like literally, I've been thinking about this recently because Christina Aguilera re-released a new music video for Beautiful and I remember when Beautiful came out and there was just two guys making out and they cut it out of the, when it was on top of it, they cut it out. Like, so even to see guys kissing, you didn't, well, you never saw it. So mm. where else were you going to look? But nowadays, bloody guys are kissing all, all over the place. Sure, yeah, so and Eli, Strictly watches porn just to see the guys kiss. Just the kiss. Yeah. I just and then you turn it So you're into the artistic kind of that romantic kind of storyline. Do like a little bit of romance, and that's something that happens on gay porn, which I don't know if it exists on straight porn. But they often, it's like reality TV. It's like they talk about like they've like seen each other's work and they're finally together. And like sometimes, like I've literally watched one where they're like in a rowboat together, just like kind of lying on each other, <laughs> rowing through the river. Like, yeah. Gay porn scene really I think figured it out fast maybe because the consumers were like giving feedback or I don't know mm. but it's a lot like I put the, the closest parallels like the wrestling world mm. so it's sort of half reality half fantasy yes. they profile the porn stars as like as performers not as like characters so then you know you might have your favorite and then eventually they were like you know and they'll be having matches with other you know of other wrestlers around and then eventually there'll be like a collab between your two favorites and you're wow. like gold mine wow. but i think that's genius in terms of how that works there's also a thing with game point just to get very into the nitty-gritty of it but like because if there's like tops and bottoms there'll mm. be like porn stars who only top and then they'll bottom <gasps> and it'll be like such a huge is that a deal. moment that's yeah everyone's talking about yeah, it yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but often because when you go another layer underneath those porn stars who are strictly tops are often straight yeah. and are doing it for like the money or the the stardom or because they genuinely love it and um so there's a kind of weird discourse around, like, I guess mm. this whole conversation around gay men pining after straight guys, which I have a slight theory on that now that it's because, you know, like, there's a lot of straight porn that you watch early. Yeah. And they're always straight porn stars that that kind of connection is being formed. See? The conversation around gender sexuality and then porn is so intrinsically linked. It was so obvious to us to want to do this series. And then as soon as we start talking about it with other people, and because we're both gay, then we realise all our blind spots. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when like, did you, what, what was the first moment where you're like, oh, we're missing some stuff here. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> everything. Basically talking to any woman about the show. <laughs> right. And then you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like I wish that we had access, easy access to straight porn that was artful and, you know, mm. had these kind of 
had had a bit of story, you it, know? It exists. No, and that's what I mean. It exists, but it's not what you see when you're 15, 16 no, on the tube sites, you know? I know, okay, but I'm from a different generation where I feel like actually that was almost all that existed in my time with, with the full-length movies, you know, Features. that did have a storyline. So you could, I don't know, justify to yourself that you were watching something that just happened to have a lot of very graphic sex scenes. Mm. But twas a movie. Have a yeah. script. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you got a DVD. You're not going to buy a DVD. For, I mean, I can't say I ever bought one myself. Look at me already just, like, backtracking. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're not going to buy a DVD for a five-minute scene, are you? You're going to buy, you want a movie. You want to get your money's worth. It's so funny. You want bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> you want all the, the DVD scenes. extras. <laughs> yeah. I want to drink his commentary. That's yeah. what I love about Erica Lust, who I know that you guys did this amazing interview with, which I've actually done a write-through story of now. Oh. Additional reporting by Alex Casey, but original interview by Chris yep, and Eli, wow. who awesome. is like the most ethical woman in porn. She makes feminist, art house, independent pornography, and much of it is released with behind-the-scenes featurettes and like get to know the performers. Get to know the stars. But that's interesting because you want to know that the performers who are doing the work are like into it and I feel like that just adds to the experience of viewing it. I love when we we talk to Jasmine um, fr- mm. who's like an OnlyFans creator power, powerhouse you mm. know yeah. and a lot of her she does a bunch of content where it's just her like talking to Cam on her OnlyFans about like how she's really feeling herself at the moment and she's like feeling really super confident and she's loving what she's doing and part of me was like that's so beautiful as a consumer to hear that from the person whose work you're buying, like to know that they're into it. I feel yeah. like it breeds a healthier culture mm. if you're wanting to go down that road and watch that content. It's totally the same as like what you touch on in the show about conscious consumption in all other industries. Like now yeah. we want like the I made your clothes person, you know, in the factory, like all that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. It's all the same thing. I made your porn. I made your porn. I made your porn. Yeah. Putting a face Farm to, to table. The- Farm to table. <laughs> 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 it's, it's interesting to me that you guys have clearly been talking about porn a a lot in the series, obviously a lot in conversations amongst yourselves and with your friend groups, and now in the media as you promote the series, and still so much more to say. And you're still kind of like even in this room in the first however many minutes it's been of this podcast, can see you going, oh yeah, like little moments all along the way. Oh, it's because it's like a lifetime of not talking about it, mm. but it always existing. For me, anyway. And it's endless. There's it's so endless. much of it. And we there's nothing like that which has as much cultural impact that we don't talk about. And that's what's fun about this series is we try and land on a sort of uh, call to action, uh, a social awareness campaign around pornography and try and land on just a very, like, succinct sentence. And th- it was all brought up by our director, Kate Pryor, who was just, like, such a genius brain to add onto this. And, yeah, she was like, it'd be great if you're trying to articulate a very like yeah, just tight, bite-sized little phrase that we mm. could use that should beautifully sum up our relationship with porn. But it was so hard to land on it because as soon as you feel like you've made your mind up about this topic, you learn something else that completely knocks you off center. And so it's like it's constantly evolving and it's multifaceted. It's like it's not just like it's hard to form sort of one opinion about this topic, which I love about that because it sort of is a great equalize you can never sort of be like you're wrong for that opinion yeah totally i think it's really cool that you went into it with that attitude because i feel like a lot of stuff made online now not not porn not porn but commentary stuff is like you have to have the definitive answer on Mm. this Mm -hmm. and if you are wrong if you dare to be wrong you are going to be (laughs) destroyed and also i think as people for people like I think we're kind of as much as we have done many things about sex we're also like a little bit scared of sex and then sometimes when people are like I'm a sex bird and I know everything there is to know you're like it's hard to listen to because yeah. that's not how I feel no. so I just feel like I'm going to fail the exam yeah <laughs> I know it's Kate brought this up the director when we were shooting it so she was fast, she loved this idea of us driving around in this car for the whole series it's so great I don't know why it's so great well, but it's I reckon so it's great because you see us pre and post interview rather than just the interview yeah. itself so mm. you get to see the ideas begin to form for Eli and I and you also get to see us backtrack on some ideas mm. that we've made or be like it's definitely this and then five minutes later in the series be like we regret saying that <laughs> but it was luckily we were just in the car and no one heard us but we were being filmed yeah. and I think <laughs> You don't see that a lot, as you're saying, in terms of this generosity around ideas and time and time to come to conclusions mm. rather than have, you know, we're, we're living in that yeah, Instagram infographic 
generation where it's like, unless you've read the infographic and you've got the bite-sized sentence mm-hmm. to say that confirms everyone else's right opinion, then if you say the wrong thing, then you're out. Like, you're dumb, you you're catch over. up. Yeah. And there's no generosity or time or space around that. And so Kate was so smart to, yeah, include us working that out because it's just nice to watch because it allows you to – be like, actually, you know, I haven't formed my opinion yeah, yet. I don't it, need all the answers. Right yeah, away. it's really cool that that hasn't. You know, it's it feels like um, we're tempted in media to come up with that line first and then go from there, which restricts things, right? Can I ask? Did you find a line? Is there going to be the catch-all at the end? Is, do, do we have something to look forward to? Yeah, we do land on something in episode Great. six. Yeah, yeah, it's we not- do. We announce that we reveal it, and we've got party poppers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a dream. Do you know about the car? Here's a little bit of trivia. <laughs> so there were three cameras locked in because there was meant to be like, and originally there was a single shot of Chris and a single shot of me. So Chris was driving his car with like just the gap between those three cameras. And then eventually they worked out they were only ever going to use one shot, but for months we've been driving around, yeah. sometimes at night with three cameras Because <laughs> some, some of those shots of me driving around, you're like, it doesn't look like Chris is driving. Like, I look like I'm on a trailer. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was yeah. like, is, did they do a full carpool karaoke, like, getting towed around? Ponsonby? No, we are legal. No, we are legally, <laughs> but dodgily driving around with three cameras across the windscreen. The photo of the rig is crazy because we saw it in Slack because you were selling your car, of course. Yes. <laughs> and, we got, and we got first, first dibs. I don't think anyone wanted it, but I saw the the crazy rig and I was like, how did you get away with, get away with it? I don't know how we got away with it, but apparently as long as I said I was confident at driving, then it was fine. Yeah. Um, and so I'd always have to be like, I'm confident. I love this. And then what, because we'd drive a whole bunch of different loops around Auckland and then just like we'd loop and loop and loop and just drive and film and record these conversations about porn. And as Eli and I just slowly lost any like understanding of what we were saying because we're having the same conversation over and over again. And then one time we were driving around Greylin, oh and I was like, oh, my so God, I love the Greylin loop. This is the best loop. <laughs> and then nighttime hit, and then suddenly everyone came home and parked their cars <laughs> out on the road, and the roads become increasingly narrow and more narrow. And then these teens on lime scooters started cycling, or, um, scootering around us. us, and I was like, I don't feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> we communicate with Kavar walkie-talkie in a moment. Yeah. Chris is like, can you press the walkie-talkie? But it lo- I'm not safe right now. But it looks amazing. It the looks gorgeous. so good. Is anyone monitoring the footage and the audio while you're doing this? Or is it is it a, a sort of a truly... No, they are continuous. watching They are most okay. of the time. Sometimes it would cut out and then Kate would be like, did you get it? And we'd be like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So funny to think of you so stressed out while you're also trying to nut out like the most complicated You don't even need thing. to think. You can see it. You yeah. can see it in my face in some of those series. I'm just like frantically like <laughs> everywhere I'm looking. But there's this thing about like when you're driving or in those in the car mm. or moving mm. somewhere. It is like you do form those great – that's where all those conversations happen. It's literally where everyone comes out. Everyone comes out in a car. Yes. So, I came out in a car. Yeah. Did you come? You came in on a car. Yeah. yeah. There is that amazing parallel as well where Kate Whitaker in episode two talks about one of the best places if you're a parent to have a conversation with your kids is in the car. Because <laughs> yes. there's a start point and an end point. But I love when she's like, but don't pick like a most parents go wrong there and they pick like a two-hour car ride <laughs> to be like, we're driving to Nelson. Now, you're not looking at funny websites, are you? <laughs> and then the kid's like stuck in the car for two hours. Just like, just make it a 15-minute car ride because then at least the kid knows they're getting out of the car soon. I was like, that's so considerate. That's I love nice. that. Okay, I want to bring an extra complication into things because I have a 10-year-old boy. So we're of a time, mm. yeah? And we've had the sex conversation and that was, that was great fun. Um, but he's on the spectrum. Mm. And I don't know what that means. Mm. Now that you're experts, can you help? <laughs> <laughs> we are not experts. We're not experts. <laughs> it's, I don't, I don't know, eh? Like, how to, uh, but it's just. That like, was, sorry, that was a really unfair thing to say. No, but I think guys. it's about, like, but it's hard because it's just about the line of communication, right? And this is the thing that I think Kate beautifully sums up in the series as well. It's like, you've the, you just got to c- continue those conversations and, yeah. and cool the temperature of them. Like, but once they become clammy or hot or stressful conversations, then we're all bringing our own anxieties or shame mm. or judgment to them. The cool thing about him is because he's autistic, he has this kind of very literal understanding of things. So you have to talk in quite plain language. Mm. Yeah. And so it's kind of forces me to not be too like, 
I can't beat around the bush too much, you mm. know, and that's what I found with the sex conversation. So I guess I just apply the same with the porn conversation. I mean, we wouldn't know. Like, we're, one, comedians, and two, don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was just seeing if I could just, like, you know, pass the buck. Imagine like, if we I've just hired, had... I've hired a couple of guys to come and have a chat with you. Just play <laughs> the the Corolla and... <laughs> just jump around. in their car and they're going to drive you around the for 15 minutes. Loop. But it does, it's so funny now that we're, like, walking around and publicising the series and we've got, like, a couple of our friends who have kids who are, like, you know, they just, like, low-key have the conversation with us and mm. it's been very... It's, like, it is, it is a... It is sort of cooking in people's minds. Like, how do we broach this conversation? Do you know what it is, though? Is is having watched episode two um, just this morning, and and then I saw the the father of my children was like, "You've got to watch this." Um, I actually walked into his workplace and was like, "You've got to watch Chris and Eli's porn revolution." And all, <laughs> all his workmates looked around. I was like, "To do with the kids. To do with the kids." <laughs> um, but it did. It, it gives you a permission as a parent, which is what's really cool to have that conversation. Yeah. Well, it's about being like, the thing is, as soon as kids have access to the internet, they're going to see it. So mm. it's about accepting that that is going to happen. And if that's going to happen, you got to, if you, what's going to be better, not talking about it or talking about it? Yeah. But I think it doesn't have to be one conversation is the main thing. It's it's an ongoing chat. It's a few drives. And the one conversation, because if you build it up too much, that's too stressful. Also, maybe like go to the drive-thru at the end of it. Yeah, a little you know, little, little some nuggies. Yeah. yeah. Some nuggets. And of... soft serve with the flake. Yeah, right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see, see where you go next. I, what I actually liked about when rewatching, because we'd seen all the episodes, but I'd sort of forgotten about them and then we sort of rewatch them as they're coming out. And I love at the top of episode two, we are like talking from our perspective as when, like as teenagers, how we could not imagine having that conversation with our parents. And it's like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's so unfair we have to have this conversation because no one wants to have it. But it does have to be had in a way, especially now that it's just all over the internet and the Mm. internet is so readily available all the time. But, yeah, it's just like it's – no one's saying that it's easy. (laughs) There's a lot more resources now as well, though, that you can not palm off to just, like, you know, (laughs) the experts. No, support. Support. Super nanny? Was that (laughs) – <laughs> sit, sit on the stairs. Unacceptable. The videos you're watching are unacceptable. unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to see a porn, a dealing with porn episode of Super Nanny. She should just come back and deal with like bratty teenagers and yeah. like adults. I just want her for my life. I want her to tell me off. Just so, like off your phone. I have, <laughs> I have a theory. Just listen. I'll just go with this. You know, we're basically in our kind of like pod studio car ride right now and I'm processing. But I reckon there's a window because teens and parents awkward, but that kind of tween age where they're like, they still like come in the morning and jump into bed and snuggle with you and they've still got that really kind of close relationship with you as a parent, that's the time to get it and start the conversation so mm. that when you get to the teens, you've already started it. You don't have to broach it necessarily at an awkward time. Erica Luss has got that on the pornconversation.org. Mm. I'm going to say org, where it's like she's got these three – like, um, what do you call it? I can never find the word for it. Like, I want to say, like, database. But it's, like, PDFs. <laughs> <laughs> Love a PDF. But different age groups. So it's, like, 8 to 11, 12 to 14, right. 14 to 16. And because those three conversations need to happen, but um, they're different conversations. Right. And so, like, she's kind of war- – it's, like, warming up to it, yeah. which is, like, such a mm. great way to think about it. Resources is a great word. If you Resources is the word I'm looking for, <laughs> not PDF. <laughs> it's also crazy timing that Erica Lust just released a new TED Talk this yes, week. Yes, I saw yeah. that. Something's going on. She heard it was Paul Mick at the spin-off. Yeah. <laughs> her energy is amazing. We asked her, like, three questions, but each one was, like, a half-hour answer. I've listened to that whole interview. Yeah. It's so interesting. And she's like, it's so, it's so hot. It's so, it's like, so it's hot, yeah. hot. <laughs> She's, she's in, like, Portugal or somewhere. Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, looks beautiful dream. there. looks beautiful. Yeah, she's like, I need Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Are you ready to share your journey? Yes. Well, I thought we could talk about our very early porn memories because yeah, I think there's always like some funny stuff in there. I mean, mine is very linked to the video store and the beaded curtain. Yes. <laughs> of course. No, of course. I just think it's, it's amazing. Like, and it's such a shame that it's gone I in a way. Miss it. Yeah. People don't understand these days what 
a magical space it was. The whole video store. But yes. that, if it had a twinkly, beautiful beaded, like different colour rainbow chandelier looking, and I'm like, what's behind that? And there was always a CCTV camera pointed directly wow, at that no. spot, right? But I think I was adamant when we were doing the series that like our big campaign should have been like building a beaded curtain <laughs> like people could go through. Because I felt like how do I broach the conversation? Like this thing that parents ask all the time. It was like, well, it was a Friday night. You're going to get $10 or 10 DVDs for whatever amount of dollars. And then there would be the adult section uh-huh. and you could peek through and you could sort of see that there were like some naked bodies on little DVD or mm. VHS boxes. And you were like, whatever's in there, I know I'm not ready for yet, but, there's something there that we're all accepting and acknowledging does exist. Mm. One day I will go through the beating <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and actually going through and just having a browse is probably almost akin to just getting a magazine. Like, you know, in magazines, I think my very first experience was probably going to, I, I was about to say her name, but I shouldn't really out her father this way. Um, <laughs> he had he had penthouse magazines uh, between the mattress and the bed base. And I oh, was I probably, I, w- I think I was like, Standard four, so maybe ten, and we'd go and have a little read of the um, of the penthouse magazine. Wow. So we're looking at women, yes, yeah. straight up looking at women because that's all that was that's available there. Um, and mm. aside from that, Did it was my sister's bloody, my Christian sister's books. You know, she had like these romance novels, and they oh, have yeah. there was one that had like a lesbian sex scene in it, and I would that. Some dog-eared pages, I tell you. <laughs> I, I'd go around there and I'd sneak up to a bookcase and read those pages. What was the really long books about, like, um, cave people? My At school Ooh. camp, my friend Jenny used to read the six passages and we'd all just sit around and be like, oh, awesome. And you act like it's all funny or rude, ha-ha, but you're also going... Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Was it Mills and Boone? No, it wasn't Mills no. and Boone. It was, it was beyond Mills. Mills and Boone was very soft porn styles. No, this was this had some more graphic language and ideas that I hadn't thought of myself before. Do you think that sort of seeded the idea as well of this notion of, like, women being objectified in a way because it was, like, only, like, the female body that you would mm. see at that age? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And the language around it. Like, I remember <clears throat> the only time I saw someone come out of the beaded curtain, they had, like, a stack of – it was VHS time and it was <laughs> 10 for 5. It was the $10 stack. Yeah, 10 the 10 VHS. stack for $5. That's, That's so cheap. And this was at the Grayland Video Easy. And oh. my friend Jesse Saki, who I know listens to this podcast – can verify this. He had a stack of them, and they were all the same franchise called Fleshy and Meaty. Wow. <laughs> and it was all just like ladies and boobs, and I was like, ah! <laughs> like, what is that? Did you ever get to go into the beta curtain? I never went in. See, that, I never I, went in. Oh. But I think about I was just thinking about that. As we're to, I was like, we are the generation where it's like the beta curtain existed, but by the time we were ready to go into the beta curtain, they were gone. gone. I tell you where there's still a beta curtain. Look sharp. I was going to say the same oh, thing. Yes. And also, I'm going look sharp. I love it. Take your son to look sharp. <laughs> I'm just going for a drive to look sharp. <laughs> Come through the curtains. I think it's so beautiful, though, because it's like the curiosity is the thing that I like, is like the most relatable thing cross generation, cross age, gender. It's like mm. there is an innate curiosity and like, what is that? Mm. And I want to know more. And then from that point, like, that's when we start splintering off and going down, like, our own little roads. But it's, like, that initial curiosity is the thing that, like, whenever I've talked to people about, like, why are you doing it? I'm like, we've got to acknowledge it exists. And, like, that curiosity to want to know what it is is mm. also in us. Okay. And this is a thing I think is, is kind of something that is not talked about. I mean, porn in general not talked about a lot. And then women who enjoy porn. Because, mm. like I've said, you know, especially when I was young, porn was all about what men wanted to see and mm. it was largely women and obviously there was some queer stuff out there as well. Um, and what at, at what point do we have this conversation about women and accept that women mm. can also watch porn and enjoy porn? What were the statistics in the um, survey from – they researched – when Kate Whitaker in like classifications office surveyed youth, it was like there was a, it was a, a quite a large number of – Young women were like, we also want to talk about this because we also want to watch porn. Yeah. And mm. they're like, and there's like direct quotes from them being like, one of the biggest problems I have with it is that it's just like, it's expected that men will watch it and women won't. Mm. It's like, I think we cannot overstate the importance of Fifty Shades of Grey in this yes. conversation. Oh right. right. Massive mainstream hit for women. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not pornographic, but extremely erotic. 
R16. Was it R16, R18? I don't remember. So true. Like mm. the impact of that. And like the, it was probably the first, it was like, it was like, we can talk about this. Like it's acceptable for some reason. I guess because it was a book to first. The, going to one media premiere of the second one and just getting like a chock top and sitting there and you're like, Clint from the Edge is here. This is all good. You know, like, this is crazy. It's crazy. Clint from the Edge is here. This is all good. But I still want to challenge it a little because you've, I think you've used the word erotic. So when we talk about stuff that women enjoy, it's erotic. And True. when it's stuff that totally. men enjoy, it's like hardcore, you well, know? When I saw Erica last, because I used to, like, as a Christian teenager, like, I actually like watch straight porn because I was like I can fix myself basically but then when we how did that work out for you guys terribly but I when we looked at Erica Lust's website which looks like Netflix it's like beautiful to browse but I like literally saw just even in the stills I was like oh that's what it actually like that's what heterosexual sex actually looks like because it's got like like a woman touching herself while being penetrated Sorry for a trigger. That's quite explicit language. But I, <laughs> but I was like, I'd never seen that before. You've never seen Wow. That. I just think we're searching different things. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I see that a lot. I mean, this is probably quite specific to my age range, but as a, a teenage girl, my interactions with pornography were purely shock. Like it was like, Two girls, one cup, mm-hmm. which you talk about in the show. Mm-hmm. It was lemon party. Oh <laughs> my god! Lemon party. Lemon it was like party. a classic game. You'd be like, "Anyone seen the new cool website, Lemon Party?" And you Google it, and then it's just like a massive orgy or something. It went on for years. Yeah, still shooting that round. <laughs> I, know. I wonder if Lemon Party's still there. I don't, I've girl. never heard of Lemon Party. Lemon Party's still there. All these like shock sites. So I think for a long time that was the only pornographic content I saw, and it was all based in sh- like just genuinely getting a fright. Mm. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like that video of the car. Driving down that, <laughs> yes, and, and then the that scary lady comes out. Yeah, I was showing two girls one cup like while we were just like watching funny videos, and then they were like, "Have you seen this?" And I was like, "No," and then they just popped it on. <laughs> I still have never seen it. I've, I haven't seen it. Either. I haven't seen it. I know of it, and I know that I just have never seen it. But my first, I feel like my first exposure to like video porn was always through dudes who were like, it was just like at their flat, you know, I was like in my late teens and as a lull, they'd put something on. It wasn't It wasn't like a an enjoyable experience together kind of thing. It was yeah. for a bit of fun. And, in fact, Duncan Grieve is one of those people. <laughs> oh, my I'm God. Out him right here. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> we had a group of friends and we watched, I remember, I so explicitly remember sitting at his parents' house, I presume they weren't home, and watching some sort of, it was a very soft porn style but, um, like a Sky One movie. Kind of Sky One movie style, but what we found hilarious and what stuck with me forever is that there were two dudes having a fight, like a not a physical fight, but kind of like an argument in an office space, and one of them called the other fucko. And for having been one of my first porn experiences, it's really interesting. <laughs> what stuck with me was just this ridiculous insult. The word fucko. The word fucko. <laughs> I'm going to use it more. I love it. It's just like... Yeah, that like teenage novelty-ness of it or like it's sort of like the taboo nature of it and mm. the silliness and the like ooh, the heightened hormones of the time. It's like I do think that still, you know, it, it still exists in teenagers today. Mm. But like, yeah, and then it just – but then imagine having that same impulse and then it's like – and then you could see any full-length porn anything. you wanted. And it's like, oh, it just really shifts it. I reckon – I mean, yeah, because you're not going. I'm like, I'm not going up to, to Dunk. I don't know if it was his DVD, whoever it was. I'm not going up to them afterwards. Going, oh, actually, can I borrow that for the weekend? Do you know what I mean? Like, most, yeah, in my yeah. era, it was a shared experience. You did it for a lull, and part of me would definitely have been love to just watch that on my own sometime. Mm. But I didn't. It was dial up family computers. You know, it just wasn't. It was the fact that we yeah. couldn't get our hands on it. Yeah, mm. which meant that we have this sort of. We watched it in group scenarios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote stories. I wrote my own erotic fiction. Fan, wow. fan fiction or I was characters. quite a horny young thing. This is really so mortifying for right. my parents. I mean, I'm, I know when we moved house and I remember it was at old house, so it was definitely pre-13. I reckon like 11, 12, I was writing dirty and I had facts all wrong. All wrong. <laughs> <Okay>. People, <laughs> when the facts change. <laughs> I mean, 
always orgasmed as soon as the penis went in. Like that was like that was the moment. <laughs> That's of not, I would say not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for some that may be true, but that was like how I believe the biology of it all worked. Wow. Um, but yeah, God, you get so much what more did done, you, did, you? Where did you? Is this handwritten? Where this is, this is happening? on the family computer. No, Whoa. saved. Saved onto there was no there was no internal saving storage type situation Just back on then. The desktop. On the no on the disk. On a floppy, floppy disk. disk. Yeah. <laughs> on a floppy disk. So I don't know where those floppy disks are, but someone, if they find them, just a treasure trove. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Yeah, we had the family, the family computer that you each had your own login to. And then there was a like it was like it was on the Mozilla Firefox, which I just think is so <laughs> iconic. <laughs> and then yeah, I would always go to hunkymen.net, but this is dial-up days as well. So it was like, as much as I was like <laughs> desperate to see it in a certain amount of time, <laughs> the internet could only withstand so much, you know, and which has given me a good- Photos kind of loading down yes. a bit at yeah. a time. And which I think now has also meant, yeah, that I have that same weird relationship with it now. I don't know, like it's a- I think so much of what you experience sexually as a teenager really informs the rest so of your sexual life. Mm. Um, totally. And because then, it, there's that weird, I guess, okay, again, it's something that perhaps the current generation, sorry to talk like such a fucking boomer, but that the current generation wouldn't understand is that kind of that anxiety about being caught. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it kind of weirdly feeds into the excitement because I'm sure there's a lot of people, young people who experience that now still, but there's also a lot who've just got like a computer in their bedroom or their, a phone that they can just tap into at any time or wait till mum and dad have gone to sleep. Whereas for us, it was like the computer that goes very, very slowly in the middle of the living room. Yeah. <laughs> ours was yeah, between the kitchen and the dining room right there. <laughs> I know. Ours was by like the toilet that everyone used. Yeah. <laughs> Which for me, I'm like, so if the bandwidth isn't moderating it for you and if you're not on a shared computer, then the reason to click out of it because – we acknowledge that that desire to want to see it is in, is in kids now has to come from them. It has to be yeah. like self-regulation. self-driven. Mm. And I'm like, they have to be so much more like on top of their own sexuality, own desires than we ever had to be. Yeah. Which is why it's so much more important now, more important than ever to be having those conversations because we were, there was a self-limiting kind of situation that was going on in our time where access was just more difficult. Um, I can't believe People feel weird about us talking about it I or know, making the series. Yeah. Like whenever we get interviewed, it's like, so why do you want to do this? And then I'm like, we get to the end of the conversation. I'm like, why haven't we done? Why, why hasn't someone else yeah. done this yet? The we most don't want to acknowledge that it exists. Okay, right? that's exactly. still a huge problem. exhibit. A Duncan Garner on Today FM a few months ago, his morning topic was porn, right? Mm. And he said. Oh, I think I read one magazine when I was young, and other than that, I've never what touched what. Get uh, real, get real. That is so toxic. It's like politicians saying they smoke weed once in a year. Oh my god. But he's not qualified to run that conversation if that was the case. But A, he, not true. But B, he's not going to be, if he's not going to be honest about it, no. it needs to be an honest conversation, mm. right? But then also, what a like irrelevant conversation anyway, because it's like, cool. Like, literally, no one's looking at magazines now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How unhelpful to say. We that. know. That, I like, have seen a photograph of his man cave. Though. What? I thought you were going to say something <laughs> else. The manhood. And it, it, does vibe, it does vibe magazine era. He's got a beaded curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, how hilarious. But even then, like that statement, oh, yeah, just probably looked at one magazine. It's like there's so much judgment and shame in that. Because he's bragging by saying that. Exactly. He's like, saying, I haven't had, I've got a great imagination. Yeah. And yeah. you yeah. rely on porn, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I just, I'm like, how, how is that helpful? How is that helpful in terms of the conversation? Like when you've got, you know, not, uh, let's just take it away from youth, just like from, you know, people in their 20s and 30s with phones. Constant, you know, like who mm. feel like they might have a relationship where they think, oh, I'm relying on this too much or that I'm loving this and it's really feeding my sexuality because I'm learning so much more or what? How is that statement feeding into that? What I think is really curious as someone who I'll admit does watch some porn is that sometimes I want to watch ladies on ladies porn, which, but I don't think that I'm. <laughs> 
I don't think I'm queer. Is this my moment? <laughs> of course it's with us. <laughs> Let's get in the car. This is the Let's really the, real We'll part. go to McDonald's. I've never felt the desire to engage that way in person, in real life, mm. with another woman. But see, so these you can live out these fantasies in a way in kind of like a safe space. Yeah. Um, porn can be safe. Porn can That's be safe. Yeah. There was an interesting point that Erica last brought up as well about the stuff that's on a lot of the. I don't. I'm not. I, I don't know where you watch your porn. But Why did you just move like six feet away from me? <laughs> Sorry, I was just gesticulating. <laughs> the 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 tube sites, the U porn, the porn yeah. hub, the red tube, where she's like, I actually started watching gay porn because I never saw the man. You know, in yeah. a lot of these things, you mm. just see a penis yeah. or just something else, and I think it's really interesting that it's like it's a space to watch other things to get what you need, but she also saw that there was a massive need, <laughs> which mm. is why she built her own empire. massive, <laughs> massive That's empire. It. And it's genius. Like, it's, it's so genius, smart. the so idea. <laughs> I know, because I had this big, like, thought, like, making the series. I was like, so when, like, you know, just when you think about, like, the homophobia inside of, like, some straight cultures, you know, it's like, you know, this whole, like, no homo culture, like, don't even, like, hug your bro, but yeah, I'm like, I think my assumption here, but like those guys probably are watching porn. And when mm. they see like an aroused man on camera, like what is the attitude towards that? I'm like, I would love to mm. sit down and figure that one out because I'm like, you're definitely seeing him get pleasured and he's having sex, albeit like probably maybe like often quite aggressive as well. Mm. Like, and so it's a good dominant. But I'm like, are you the man? There or are you like a bird on the an observer? An observer, a, a bird on the wall. Yeah. Are you a bird on a wall? Are you a bird in a branch <laughs> by a window? Are you a bird on a wire? Great tune. Are you a fly on a wire? <laughs> That's really interesting because also a lot of porn that I've seen that is you know heterosexual porn. Um, you see the woman's face, but you don't see the man's face, and it's not necessarily mm. a point POV type thing. It can be like that, very deliberately not showing the man's face. And mm. is that because it might make it too real or too yeah. observational for other men who don't want to admit they actually quite like seeing a bit of pain? This mm. is the thing. I'm just like, and then once you begin to ask yourself those questions, I'm like, then you become even more conscious about like what you're viewing, which mm. I do think in turn like helps you in mm. your relationship with it. But you just, if you're just coming at it like, blind and just sort of clicking away on Pornhub, then it's just like never-ending chase for what you're looking for, but you don't know what you're looking for. I think a real tell would be, what are you putting into your search bar? Yeah. You yeah. know, when you're on the site and exactly. you're looking for something in particular, what is it you're looking for? But I think my attitude to pornography has changed radically since Twitter and I, since the great migration from um, Tumblr to Twitter, and now I get all my porn through Twitter. I didn't know this was a thing until this week. And it, and, it, and it may end this week. And it may so end. you got to, you know. <laughs> so I think <laughs> it, will probably, it will go somewhere else. But it's like, and then it's become this thing of like these, these creators, which naturally it's ended up in this way like any of our entertainment has, where it's like, this is my page and this is my OnlyFans page. And so then you start following them and then – you know, you're like, oh, I want to see what else they're doing, like beyond their behind their paywall. So you, you know, subscribe to their OnlyFans for one month and then um, <laughs> see it all. And then it's like, it's beginning to skew my, like, it's not this sort of nameless porn star now. It's becoming like, it feels more weirdly um, amateur in a way, mm. even though it's professional. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what that's doing to me, but I'm like sort of stepping back from it and having a little think because I'm like, well, you know, is that now, like, does that play into this voyeurism thing? Or, have, like, is that emotionally cheating? Or is that, like, all this True. kind of complex layers that True. I'm, like, sort of... Tr and now is there an expectation that porn is, like, shot on an iPhone? And does that steer away from it being erotica and fantasy because we want it to feel as real as possible? Mm. I quite like just, like, people collaborating with other people yeah. and, and then if they keep collaborating with the same people you're like oh they must really like each other like <laughs> yeah. that is to me yeah because to me it's like my search terms I can't remember the last time I used search terms for me it's yes. just like I'll look at a creator that I know and then maybe follow them to some other links and then like maybe find yeah. a new person that I haven't seen and it's all yeah I'm a thumbnail girl you are yeah. interesting. I go okay. through, but I almost never get what I want. No, and it's, it's only very recently. Tried some search terms. What? No, well, no, it's the platform. It's the platforms mm, that are the problem, exactly. which is a huge realization that I've had. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it crazy? When you like, learn about 
mine. This one's got yeah. more of a name. When you learn that there's this one scary company that owns everything and there's no regulation and they're pirating people's work and they're like not paying their work, all this stuff. In your series, someone referred to it as like, Facebook, but worse. If yeah. you thought, like Meta, but worse. Like if you yeah. thought that was possibly a thing, yes. here it is. Yeah. yeah and so, so you're bad. like, oh, okay, maybe that's why I've only ever been exposed to the most like quite freaky, aggressive, shocking, like the most outrageous, violent titles because it's based on an algorithm. It's like anything else. They just want to try and get your clicks and get you there. And, and that's hold why I think, you there. That's why I think the step family, so like in the top two, one of, this is the weirdest fact that we learned, which is like in the top 200 Pornhub videos in New Zealand, Almost half are step family. What is up with the step family but thing? But I don't know if that's a fantasy that people are into or if it's just a thing that you click because it's got it's a there. catchy. Mm. The storyline is very simply summed up and you're like, oh, yep, sounds interesting. But it's, yeah. self, it's kind of self-perpetuating, right? Because mm. if there's more of it there and you're a thumbnail girl mm. or guy and you just click what's there. You're not then caring the about the title. No, and the algorithm's then going, okay, this person likes steps. And then, you know, and yeah. then there's a demand for step family stuff. I just want more data that like literally (laughs) like after the series i was like we need another survey like we don't have the time like we want to be comedians but like i just desperately want like whenever you you get more data on it you're like this is just so Mm. enlightening and i think it is stuff like are you a thumb do you read the title of the video you're watching yeah yeah. so that we can go okay well then yes step porn is like in the top 100 but we also know that 70% 70% or whatever aren't reading the title. So, yeah. need, a, need some focus groups, you know? Mm-hmm. Some bickies and a couple of teams. Like, <laughs> yes. census. The next census. But it's sealed? <laughs> yeah, the sealed <laughs> census. census. Follow all the <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> the sexist. The sexist. <laughs> yes. I would just, yeah, I just think the more data, the better because it's like, it's just so funny because it's stuff that you work out on your own. And then when we begin to share it, we're like, oh, oh, oh. And we start pointing the finger at each other, realizing that, you know, there are similarities or this is a big part of our culture that we haven't been discussing, but because we've been working it out privately. Mm. But Mind Geek have the intel. Right. Mind Geek, no. Well, they know. That's also why our show is like us learning in open minds because you can't have, uh, you can't come to a conclusion because there isn't enough information yet. Yeah. And so the media that's been out there in the past being like, Sex edition is ruining everyone's life and no one can get an erection because of porn is is coming to a conclusion from inconclusive data. Mm. I want to know more about couples and their relationship with porn because I feel like it's also something that you do. Privately. You might be, you might be in a very sexually active relationship, mm. but the porn's something that you maybe don't even tell your partner that you yeah. engage with. And it, I don't know. I mean, it's not, it might not be for everyone to enjoy it together, but maybe, you know. I don't know. Can I just plug? We've got a great piece coming on the spin-off oh, from really? Michelle Casey, who you would have met, yes. an amazing uh, sex therapist in Auckland, which is a guide to how to talk to your partner about porn. Right. It's great. It's, it's great. It's full of handy tips. This is what we need. Bite-sized tips. So, <laughs> yeah. There's actually loads, loads of bite-sized tips out there, some that are more than a mouthful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, because it is this very solitary thing. Yeah, well, and does it, it doesn't have, it doesn't to, have be, to be. But maybe you find you want it to be, and that's okay too, right? Like, I think it's, it's all a, up for grabs. Well, it's about as well understanding your own relationship with it. So mm. how do you feel about it? Because it's yeah. like, for me, I'm like, I think maybe because of my time in the closet, I'm like looking for any pocket of shame in my life and being like, I'm done with that level of shame. Sure. And like pornography was a big one for me. I was like, I'm done with it feeling like I should be shamed about this. Like, I don't want to have shame for something that I'm choosing to do. Mm. So I want to er- like eradicate that shame. And so, yeah, I'm like, that meant that I've had a conversation with my partner about it because I'm just like, I just, I don't want to be like doing anything like privately and keeping secrets and feeling bad about it. But if mm. you, but I'm like, if you feel good about watching porn when your partner's around, if you're doing long distance or whatever, then I feel like that's your relationship with it. It granted. can be such a nice thing for a relationship because porn is about your fantasies and you mm. kind of want to know each other's fantasies. But and you're, like, you're also... It might change for mm, something totally. for you that might be right now a really private thing you don't want to share with your exactly. partner. Mm. In a few years' time, things might change. You exactly. Know? exactly. God. God. I don't know how to insert this into conversation, but I've seen Ron Jeremy's penis. In Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy is the hedgehog. He was the big porn star of the <laughs> yeah, 80s, 90s kind yeah. of era. Did you see it in person? 
Yes. Oh, was Steve that erotica? Steve Crow brought him to New Zealand wow. and I interviewed him for the television. And I really had to get it was actually a horrible, horrible experience yeah. because mm. he was inappropriate with me. Oh. But oh. oh my god. No. Um it's not something I've talked about a lot, but I just really felt like I thought I was gonna impress you guys with that. And you're like, who's who's Ron Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> he's like a bad man. I think he's been put away recently for some bad oh, things. No. So he, had long hair. he had long hair, he looks very grubby and sweaty, and he was just like not an attractive <laughs> Isn't that and so objectively, ah. I, I don't like to talk about how people look, but I think given he's such a bad man, I'm going to let it slide on this one. I think sometimes it's like he's not if he's typical. giving off the energy, then you're like he's unattractive because it's he's that. not he's not your he's not your your typical sort of. Uh, he wouldn't know, be on gay porn, but that's legitimately why. Like this is how porn was so geared towards straight men for so long because they legitimately tried to <laughs> cast unattractive men so that they did not feel emasculated <laughs> oh by the porn. Oh, see, look, that's true. That's why he was such a big star. Okay, he also had like a very giant penis. Was the other reason he was such a big star? But I gotta say, when it wasn't at capacity, I didn't. I mean, I think I was wow, so, so you shocked. Saw the full journey. No, I didn't see the journey. Oh, I'm okay. saying, I'm saying, I know. <laughs> I love, I love the words that we're putting around this you and I. She saw the full journey. I didn't. I did a gesture. I, I want to like help a, you get to your full journey. We didn't go all the way to Nelson. <laughs> what happened was just wondering, have you reached your full journey? <laughs> Can I come in? Have you reached your full journey? <laughs> I felt under pressure as part of the interview to be like, this is my opportunity to see like the biggest famous dick in the world kind oh, of thing, right? Yeah. So I was like, good luck. And he and he uh, he broke it a deal where he was like, you show me your boobs and I'll show you my penis. No. And I was like, okay. Because I felt, I just felt under pressure to do it. And, and we'd done a lot of desensitizing chat prior to that. But this is still in a time when I'm quite conservative and I just don't know why I did it. Anyway, I'm having a session right now. Wow. But anyway, saw it, uh, flaccid. Mm-hmm. To use a mm-hmm. technical term, yeah. the beginning of its journey. <laughs> the I think just just loading up maps, you know, um, and and it looked like just normal to me, right? So I mean, it obviously goes on quite a journey to get to reach the destination, <laughs> but I can't say that I've never watched any Ron Jeremy on on, on screen, so I, I couldn't speak to the length girth See, or anything yeah, like action. that. But apparently, that's what he's known for is having a biggie. Wow. You bringing this up has just reminded me of another big part of my teenage porn experience, which was the celebrity sex tape. Yes. Huge. Like, that was a oh, huge yes. Paris Hilton, yes. Kim Kardashian. Colin Farrell. That was another Colin Tommy Lee <laughs> That was another massive part of, like, because yes. it was, like, early internet, early viral videos. Mm. And even what we've learned since about, like, mm, a lot of those were leaked without their consent. Yes. Yeah. But at the time, it was, like, this big scandal thing. And I think celebrities as a way into porn was, like, quite a big – again, maybe it made it okay because you're like, I'm just keeping on top of popular culture. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'm just, yes. like, I, yeah. I'm watching The Simple Life and I'm watching Paris Hilton sex tape. Well, they also, like, even after the sex tapes have normalised, like, nudes, I think, because, like, the nudes getting leaked thing, which is awful and horrible, but then the celebrity response being like, look, this is how I keep in touch. This is me and my partner. We're doing long distance. This is what's has normalised nudes. Totally. I think locally someone who did something amazing was Tuila Blakely, right? Remember when there was that video oh, that yes. came out yeah. without her consent, which yes. is shocking and awful. But she also, the narrative she put on it, which is entirely her choice, was like, yeah, so, you know? Yeah. 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 So we did that thing, like, big deal. She's like, the fact that I did it is not the problem. The, the, the problem, fact the, I, the fact that it, you're, you've seen it yeah. is the problem. Mm. And I think with people like Kim Kardashian, and, and I think, you know, coming back to the fact that things are leaked without consent is obviously the main issue here. But imagine a world in which she was like, hey, I'm making this video and it's great and I want you guys to watch it. I'm not talking about that one because of what's tied around it, mm, but mm. the impact that that could have to mm. have, take porn in a positive direction. It does feel like we're just unpacking a lot of stuff that happened in the 2000s. Like, it just feels like... The, I, have you realised that, like, the 2000s mm. was just, like, so cooked? It was the, it was the internet. It was that era, it was beginning just, of Web 2.0 and, like... Yes, and it's just, like, we're so rotted on the inside <laughs> and we're just eating, like, <laughs> cheese and bacon shapes and... <laughs> Like fruit for yonks and just watching like <laughs> Colin Farrell's sex tape yeah. and like I just have had to like really work through trying to 
detangle all that. <laughs> Everything that happened, the Britney Spears journey has really been our yes. journey as a yes. generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because three of us in this room, I can't speak for Samuel who is recording. I don't think you grew up as a Christian teenager. No, I didn't. But that's a whole thing too, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing a of like sexual thing. repression. Yes. And the shame yeah. that comes with that and then how that affects you. I'm 43 for the rest of your life so far. My whole, my yeah, the whole idea of sex with my family was that like you basically didn't date someone until you met the person you were ready to marry yeah. and you got married. Yeah, and then you had sex that no night. Ex- exploration. Look, slightly off topic, but... The speeches at Christian weddings are the best because they get real dirty. They 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 allude a lot to like tonight, you know, when you get back to the I'm hotel. Because so, <laughs> so oh also isn't the idea of I mean I don't know because I haven't got married yet, but I'm like the idea of sex yes. on a wedding night is absurd. You have a huge <laughs> meal. You are so exhausted. We you put so much did work not in. have sex <laughs> on our wedding night. Why would I you? had gastro. <laughs> Like you don't like on the whole. Every time I've talked to anyone, they're like, "No, no sex on the wedding night." <laughs> I think I did. Did you? Yeah, I think I did. Amazing. Very cool. I'm, I'm also off. yet to be married, so <laughs> so no sex TBC, for you. Yet. But almost certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that in the calendar. You're already right now. tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm tired came, for the next ten years. That came from my Christian expectation, though. I was like, oh, you know, got to do it on the got to do it Got to take it off. Yeah. Bought pressure. Bought special underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about that before Christian weddings that they are all like wink wink every speech is like wink we know what's going yeah. on yeah yeah. Oh. and then you're like but what's, there are some weddings right where they go away to consummate the marriage and then come Gloria come Vale back. Gloria oh, Vale you've yeah, seen that you've right. seen that oh yeah. god oh, yeah, that's, those, a- yeah, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> not by us even our cultural reassessment of Gloria Vale over the last like five years mm. yes feels somehow related think of those early like Chirpy wee TV2 documentaries about this like cute little place. <laughs> it's somehow linked. It's all, it's <laughs> all comes back. It all comes back to porn. Yes. When we set up this this little bonus episode of The Real Pod. Boner episode. Boner episode. Oh. Thank you very much. Uh, Alex was like, it's, it's just going to be a quick one, eh? It's going to be a quickie. And look at us. How we've long been, is it? We've been going at it for like an hour. Wow. That's a good run. That's a journey. <laughs> we, when we filmed, there's an episode where we talk to our friends about porn and we're like, we just need like a couple of clips. So like, we won't, it won't be too long. And we just went on all night about it because it's, yeah. yeah, it's just like once you start these conversations and bring whatever you want to bring to these conversations, there is stuff that we still have not shared or whatever because we just don't feel comfortable yet. But it's like once you start having those conversations, it's like you unearth this incredible conversation that also feeds you in your own relationship with it, I feel like. Mm. I think you guys have done a real service for a lot of people, including including myself. <laughs> because, yes, we do clam up, don't we, often, we Alex? Do. And we, on, on, the, on our regular podcast, I can't say penis. Oh, I can say bum. I'm totally fine to say well, bum. Well, we've had this, yeah. But um, I feel Jen's like... Jen's got a penis, thank you. I don't, <laughs> it's not a I, no, I don't have a penis. Where's the back? No. <laughs> you talked about this on the pod before. I just like a nice bum, visually. I, love I, love, a bum. I like yeah, a bum. You no, know? I like it. I can appreciate a nice bum more so probably than a penis. But if, in terms of uh, anyway, look, I'm, all I'm saying is that I feel like you've given us permission to talk about this stuff and to assess our own relationship with porn. Talk to our children, talk to our friends. Yeah. I don't know what effect this is going to have on the I real know. pod from here on in. And Duncan wasn't here for Duncan this. Duncan wasn't so here for this. It'd be really we'll be interesting in to see when we come in hot and we're just mm. talking about <laughs> vaginas <laughs> and penises. Got a meeting. And journeys, you know, like <laughs> how Duncan's going to cope with that. I love it. I can't wait to hear uh, Duncan's journey. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to be discussed behind the beaded curtain. It's true. <laughs> oh, behind that's your the beaded curtain. Wow. Such a good name. We should call our show that. <laughs> behind the beaded curtain. Yeah. Yeah, that's so season good. two, right? Someone this, else can do season two. There's more like, to be done. There's yeah. more yeah. to be done. There Maybe is. it's you and me, Alex. Oh, God, that Please would be good. Couple, Could be Jane. Couple of, we've really taken this you, a, a long way you over totally the last totally should. Let's workshop it. Hey, workshop um, it. is there anything else to add? I don't want to cut you off prematurely. 
No, we're nah. just um, so grateful to be able to talk about it in a, f- a really fun way because we've had to do so much media where we've been like, it's a very serious documentary. Yeah, literally the project last night was like, okay, we've got four sentences to get this out. You know, oh, my so. oh my God, but it's so, the series is so much fun. Yeah, I mean, fun. it is important and it's a roller coaster for you guys because, you know, you start out, hey, let's do this thing and then you get into some quite intense conversation with people and then you're like, I want to do the fun interviews now, <laughs> but it is, it's so entertaining and just congratulations on a really incredible and impactful and important series. Oh, thank which you. Which you can watch at the spinoff.com.nz. Either of those is fine. Actually, we, own, we, own the, we own the .com as well. We honestly don't know like where people are watching it because they're like scared to put it on Instagram and it gets taken down, so... Just watch it. It's on Instagram. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. What if it ends up on like Pornhub one day? We should upload it to Pornhub. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a dumb idea. I feel so weird when when Pornhub starts censoring like non, you know, like oh, this is too far too clean for us. (laughs) No, 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 we're near enough penis in here. Thank you so much, Chris and Eli. You're doing, I was going to say the Lord's work, but I don't know. Someone would probably work. argue with that, right? <laughs> he started it. He did start it. It's all his fault. He shouldn't have made us. <laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Kia ora e here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Get your time and your openness. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.